0: Kent Online News. News
1: you can trust.
0: This is the Kent Online Podcast.
2: Hello, hope you're okay. Thank you so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Kate Faulkner with you for Monday, April 17th. And our top story today is that a community group on Sheppey that was due to disband is now going to continue. However, a row has now broken out over who will run it and what it will be called.
0: Lucy has the details. Lucy, first of all, who are this group? Well, they're the Sheppey Event Marshalling Unit, or EMUs, and they've been helping control crowds at various events in Kent for the past 40 years. It was founded by David O'Neill and taken over by his daughter Tracy when he died in 2021, but with dwindling volunteer numbers and rising costs, she decided to break it up. But it's now been given a reprieve. Yes, the remaining members held an extraordinary meeting last week without Tracy and decided to keep it going. A new committee's been appointed and they're going to go ahead with registration. They've also decided to keep the same name because that's how they're known in the community. And that's caused a bit of trouble, hasn't it? Yes, Tracy says she's not only surprised they're pushing on with the club, but also that they're keeping the name. She says her father had always intended it to be a family-led group and that she would be making the decisions about its future. And with him now gone, she thought her decision would be final. Despite the situation, Tracy says she wishes them all the best, but insists they should change the name out of respect to her late dad. Thanks Lucy. Kent Online has spoken
2: to the new chairperson of the group who is adamant the name will remain. There's fresh debate about animal welfare in horse racing after a huge protest at the Grand National. Nearly 120 people were arrested at Aintree over the weekend including at least one person from Kent. One of the horses had to be put down after falling at the first fence but the trainer says demonstrators are partly to blame for making the animal nervous. Nevin Truesdale is head of the Jockey Club.
3: What we are asking the British Horse Racing Authority and Horse Racing to do now is to carefully, fully and transparently review the circumstances of these three deaths and see what we can learn about them.
2: Three horses died at this year's event. The RSPCA are calling for an investigation. We're being urged to be on the lookout for Asian hornets, which have been spotted in Kent for the first time in four years. They're an invasive species which attack and kill honeybees. It's thought they might have travelled over from France, which has struggled with growing numbers of the insects recently, and there's now been a confirmed sighting in Folkestone. Sue Kittle is a beekeeper in Dover.
4: They're an invasive species from Southeast Asia so they're not native to britain at all and they eat honeybees they predate honeybees they attack the hives and they kill the honeybees and they've caused massive problems in france where they've moved where they were first discovered in 2005
3: why have they suddenly appeared in in kent
4: well i think it's a difficult question to answer but last year was a fantastic year for wasps over here i don't know about you but i had loads of wasps in my garden but it's also a really good year, a really full on year for hornets in France. They had a bumper year for the hornets. So that means there were lots and lots of queen hornets and queen hornets that hibernated through the winter. And just now is when they're starting to come out of hibernation, which may be why they've come here. So maybe they came across the channel late autumn and have been hiding somewhere, hibernating somewhere, and they've just come out of hibernation, which is why they've been found. An alternative is it could have been stowed away on a a lorry, Um, but we don't know which is the case as yet.
3: So why in particular are they dangerous? First of all, in terms of you mentioned that um, they eat bees.
4: Yes. So what happens now is they'll start a small tennis ball size hive and then it will get larger and larger. And come July, they will start um, hovering outside the beehives and attack the bees as they come out the hives to do their um, collection of pollen and nectar and this obviously kills the bees but also it stresses them so what somewhat that so they don't go out the hives so it changes the whole complex um, nature of the beehive. It also means that you're not going to get enough bees through the end of the season through the autumn to build up to be so the hives strong enough to make it through the winter which means a lot of beekeepers in France, certainly, and hopefully not here, but possibly here, will lose their bees through the winter. Um, So we'll have less beehives, so less pollination, which is very important throughout the whole of the UK, but particularly here with the apple orchards in Kent.
3: And people will want to know as well, are these hornets, are they dangerous to humans?
4: Well, that's a very good question. They're very defensive of their nests. So what will happen is if you come across a hornet nest they do what's called a mass attack, which sounds absolutely terrifying. And it's happened a lot in France where most of the aggressive um, um, Asian hornets come out of their hive and attack the person if they were uh, within five meters of the nest. So obviously if you come across a nest, you don't approach it because it can be quite dangerous. Nests later in the year are usually quite high up in trees but at this time of year they're quite small and under shelter in sheds or um under verandas and that sort of thing so they're not um they won't attack you if you're not near the nest according to the information we've had but they will be very aggressive if you're actually come across the nest
3: what can be done to um prevent them is there anything we can do to prevent them and and protect protect the 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 local bee population
4: well what because they're invasive species what we need to do is try and track them down so to find out if this um confirmed sighting in Folkestone is the beginnings of a nest or it's just some random um, one that's come over the country so people need to be vigilant to look out for them and what, what, they're, what they look like is they look slightly smaller than a European hornet. So a European hornet is maybe about three centimetres long. They're about two and a half centimetres long. They're mainly black, but they have yellow legs and an orange face. And there's an app that you can download called the Asian Hornet Watch, which you can then take photos and send off any suspected Asian hornet sightings. To the powers, that, to the um, BBKA and the um, powers that be, the Wildlife Association, which will then identify it and um, um, inform Defra, who can then come and hopefully deal with any any nest.
3: If we if we were to have a, a wet summer, would would that help in any way? Would that stop them in any, in any way, do you think?
4: I think it's more a really cold winter is what we need and perhaps a wet, horrible autumn, which none of us want, but that, that would probably be better. But it is weather dependent. And I think if we have a warm, hot summer and a warm, hot autumn, it's very likely it'll become more of a problem.
2: Officials say we should be vigilant and should avoid approaching any nests as they could be dangerous.
3: Kent Online reports.
2: Other top stories today and two teenagers have been arrested on suspicion of murder after a young man was stabbed to death in Dartford. The 18-year-old victim was attacked in an alleyway between Suffolk Road and the High Street on Friday. Two men, who were both 19, remain in custody. A man who failed to appear in court for sentencing after causing a horrific crash near Canterbury is believed to have fled to Bulgaria. 32-year-old farm worker Krasimir Kardaslov hit a motorcyclist with his BMW in Bramling last July, leaving the biker with life-threatening injuries. A warrant's been issued for his arrest so he can be brought back to the UK for sentencing. A Gillingham man's appeared in court after driving slowly across three major roads while double the legal alcohol limit. The 31-year-old was seen by police on the A2, the A282 an M25 in Dartford, and they noticed he didn't overtake or move to the near side lane. He's been banned from driving for nearly two years and ordered to pay more than £850 in fines and costs. Elsewhere, people living near Tented and Leisure Centre say they're being driven crazy by noise from a heat pump. It was due to be installed on the side of the building facing football pitches, but residents are angry it's been put right near their homes instead. Rebecca Fever says she's struggling to sleep at night.
1: Well, I live at number seven Mercer Drive and I back onto the leisure centre, the pool side. I had a car accident four and a half years ago and a really major one, and I've had a long time recovering. I've had leg injuries and hip injuries, and I don't sleep very well because of constant pain. And so I'm awake all through the night, and I just feel like, you know, we live here and it's so peaceful and quiet and the birds are singing, as you can hear, and I just can't believe that this monster is gonna take over, basically, and the noise pollution is just gonna be horrendous. I thought it was gonna be put on the side of the building, that side, the football pitch, and yet all these houses, these beautiful houses, are gonna be affected. You know, we all love our gardens, and we're all gonna be out in them, and, you know, when we have our windows open, all we're gonna hear is that. I just don't understand how they can get away with it. Um, I would like them to put them where they said they were going to put them on the side of the building which faces the football field because that's what was originally said. So why did they then go ahead and put these monstrosities right by a housing estate? We live in a beautiful town we really do, and we want to, you know, keep it beautiful for everybody.
2: Chris Bathew says it's already caused huge disruptions.
3: The acoustic barrier that is around it doesn't go all the way around, and therefore that, that noise um, is being reflected off the building and, and causing considerable amount of disturbance. When the other two um, heat pumps are actually running as well, then um, it's going to be a significant noise and also it's quite disturbing that, they've, that trees have also been removed to make way for these um, supposedly carbon neutral pumps and further trees will be removed as well, again rather disturbing. Also it seems to be a tick box exercise in the actual fact that bat boxes have been put up and you ask yourself whether this machinery is going to actually disturb or, or prevent bats from actually nesting in the, in the boxes that have been put up.
0: And Describe to me, when you're at home and you're in the garden, what can you hear exactly? You,
3: you can hear a, a, a sustained buzzing of all the, the fans that are running at the top of the heat pumps. It is noticeable and it, and it is disturbing because it's constant.
2: Doreen Ryan is in her 80s and is worrying about losing sleep and that it's a plan that hasn't been well thought out.
1: I feel that it's just not acceptable to listen to it overnight and, I mean, it's going to affect... Imagine someone coming to a house that's for sale and hearing it, especially when there's another couple of pumps there as well and it's going to put them off, I think. My biggest concern is listening to it overnight. I mean, I'm 83 now, so I don't want to lose my sleep. You know, so and I don't want to be unreasonable, but you know, it's just not been very well thought out.
2: Two more units are also due to be switched on soon. The council say they are aware of concerns and will give a more detailed response in the coming days.
0: Kent Online reports.
2: This is one of our most read stories on the site today. A luxury hotel company has announced plans to open a second branch in Kent. The Pig already has a venue near Canterbury which has been popular with celebrities A new one's going to be launched at Groombridge Place not far from Tunbridge Wells. Work's been carried out to remove fish from a moat in Ashford that's been popular with anglers for nearly 25 years. The council own the spot in Park Farm and say it's not a sustainable location for fishing as it needs substantial desilting works. Some have reacted with sadness and concern about where the fish have gone. There are finally plans to clear up a sea of litter that's been building for months in Maidstone Town Centre. A huge amount of rubbish has been dumped in a gap between the bus station and Sainsbury's in Romney Place. It's owned by the supermarket but they've taken no action to tidy it. The council have now stepped in to organise a litter picking event.
0: Kent Online reports.
2: It's understood Paul O'Grady's funeral is going to be held at Port Lim Animal Park near Hythe. The 67-year-old comedian and presenter was a regular visitor and lived just down the road in Aldington. Over the weekend, it was revealed his official cause of death was sudden cardiac arrhythmia. The London to Folkestone leg of the world-famous Orient Express is being scrapped because of delays crossing the Channel. Balsas say they're having to adjust operations because of extra border checks being introduced after Brexit. Passengers will have to travel to Paris to catch the train there instead. More than 3,000 solar panels are going to be installed on the roof of Blue Water. Balsas say it'll help power the shopping centre with renewable energy, saving 268 tonnes of carbon dioxide emissions a year. That's the equivalent of planting more than 12,000 trees. The plans have already been approved by council. There's exciting news for local twitchers with a rare bird spotted in Kent. The great grey shike is known as a butcher for its grizzly hunting technique. Only around 100 are thought to come to our shores during the winter. One was photographed with a mouse in its beak at Hothfield Heath near
1: Ashford. Kent Online Sports.
2: Football and Gillingham have had to settle for a draw in their latest League Two game against Stockport County. A second-half goal from George Lapsley put them 1-0 up at Priestfield, but the visitors scored a late equaliser. Stockport are currently fourth in the table and Jill's boss Neil Harris is pleased with the result.
5: Excellent point. Uh, always going to be a slight tinge of disappointment because we can see it's a late... Um, ..the credit the players, excellent performance... Um, said in press on Thursday how good Stockport were. Um, I watch a lot of football. Um, Players I don't have much of a life outside of football unfortunately during the season. Um, Because we watch so much football and and Stockport over a period of time have been the dominant side in the division Uh, or in yes or win the league but it's because they had such a good start. Um, Stockport been excellent. So uh, to put in that level of performance limit them to so little you know is testament to how well we played. Um, We played slightly different today with no Oli Hawkins. play slightly different without the ball and they asked a lot of the players, uh, energy wise and i had to think a lot. I had to think a lot and I'd sort of bemoan that decision making um at Northampton on Monday. Um today there was some decision making, the players were excellent, so were really pleased with the performance. Um it, it's a really good point, a top top point. Um so yeah. Very pleased. We knew Stockport were going to have the ball, we, we knew we had to be really good on the transition, we had to be really good on the counter-attack, and counter-attack isn't always just about going out there and scoring four passes, counter-attack is sometimes taking the ball, regaining it, making decisions to whether then run forward and play forward quickly, or to retain the ball and make some passes, and and that comes from your nine and your ten, then taking care of it, and, and Tom Nichols and George lapsley wrecking. There's a point gained, you know, a, a competitive point, we talk about... Talked about isolation the last six fixtures, and we fell a little bit short in Northampton because of a 25-yarder in the top corner. Today, in the 85th minute, today we conceded 89. Barrow was 95. So I said to the players look, we've just got to get over the line a bit better um, at times. Um, but that's the only gripe. Other than that, I thought it was excellent, and I'd rather look at the positives. Um, I think everyone will go home. Reflecting on that, going what a strong performance that was. Because I've asked on isolation to, to judge, I'm judging my group on the, these six games. And Northampton, there was nothing in the game it was as good as them, just fell short at that moment of quality at the end. Today, we matched Stockport over the course of 115 minutes, whatever the referee decided to play in both halves. Um, so, no, happy.
2: Gillingham are still nine points off the relegation zone with just four games left to play this season. They're back in action tomorrow night against Leighton Orient. And in cricket, Kent have suffered their first county championship defeat of the season despite late resistance at Warwickshire on Sunday. They did put up a good fight but lost by an innings and 14 runs. Kent welcome Essex to Canterbury for their next match, which starts on Thursday. That's all from us today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk.
1: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.